You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Today we have the privilege of sharing the story of our favorite robotics team, uh, catching up with them again this year and learning more about what their team is doing. In spite of all the challenges that we've been facing this year, uh, they're still going strong, working on their robot for this team for this year and uh, learning more about robotics. So uh, you and I get to learn more about robotics as well. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin, for your support of the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at CUW. Live Uncommon. Joining us today, the Robo Raiders, our favorite robotics team. And uh, we're going to go around the room and introduce everybody and uh, share, uh, as we go around the room, our virtual room here, share with (laughs) us a little bit about uh, what grade you're in and uh, how you got involved with Robo Raiders. Let's start with Peter. Hi, uh, I'm Peter Quinn. I'm a freshman this year. This is my first year on the Robo Raiders. Uh, this year, I'm doing a lot of fabrication on the robot and also some programming. Very good. Welcome, Peter. Nathaniel? Hello, I'm Nathaniel. I am a sophomore this year, and I am the assistant project manager for the Roboraders team. And Matthew? Hello, I'm Matthew, and I am a senior on the Roboraders this year, and my job is engineering lead. Sophia? I'm, I'm Sophia Blimmer, and um, I am a sophomore, and... Um, this is my first year on the Roboraders team, and I mainly work on um, programming and also fabrication on the robot. Hannah? Um, my name is Hannah, and I'm a senior on the team this year, and I am the outreach lead, but I also work on some fabrication. Uh, Caroline? Um, I'm Caroline, and I'm a freshman this year, and um, I'm a, the sub outreach lead, and um, I work on fabrication and outreach. And Taylor. Hi, I'm Taylor. I'm a senior this year and I'm the project manager um, for the team. Very good. Very good. Well, you have quite the team. Now, does this make up the whole team or are there other members of the team as well? Uh, let's we see. I guess I should direct three members missing today. Well, yeah. uh, they're certainly here with us in spirit. And normally we would be in the studio where uh, you guys share with us a demonstration of your robot, which is always very fun. Sorry, we're not able to do that this year. It was a little over a year ago. I looked at the calendar. I think it was February. So it was uh, mm-hmm. 2020 when we last got to meet with the Robo Raiders and see your robot last year, uh, right before things got a little crazy and we had to leave the studio. So sorry, we can't meet in the studio this year, but uh, I, I'm hoping next year we'll be able to do that or even before then. So tell us uh, who would like to share with us a little bit about the um, the history of the Robo Raiders. So Robo Raiders has been around for a team for um, 12 years now. Um, none of us, of course, were on the team 12 years ago. It was all previous members, but it's been going constant for those 12 years. We started out building Lego robots for the first four years. And then after that, we changed over to building metal robots in the FTC program. And we've been doing that for eight years. Over our eight years in being in FTC, our team has um, qualified for the world championship six out of those um, eight years. Wow, that is impressive. And I know you've brought some very impressive robots to us in the last couple of years that we've been able to have you guys in studio. And I really miss being able to watch your robot this year in action. It is very cool looking. We'll have a video of that with uh, this program archive. So anybody who's listening who normally sees us in studio, go check out the video. It's super cool. So I want to know a little bit about your, uh, your, just your life together as a Robo Raiders team. How often do you meet? What do you guys talk about at your meetings? 
during our meetings, we meet twice a week um, for like three hours, usually. Um, if we have other things that we need to do, though, we have extra work sessions. Um, we get together, we build a robot program, um, we organize outreach events. Um, this year, it's been a little bit different because of COVID. So our meetings have been um, a little more different, I guess. And we've had a lot more um, virtual meetings instead. Yeah, so whenever um, a team member would break out with COVID or something, then we would always try to have Zoom meetings to try and still accomplish things. And then at the beginning of the meeting, we always try to pray to um, open each meeting in prayer. And so, yeah. What do you what do you learn in that process as you're, you're working together as well? I, I would imagine there's a lot that you learn while you're working together too. Taylor? So there's a lot of different things we learn through this program. Um, I've been in this program since I was like seven. So most of my life, I've been learning how to work as a team and build these robots and different um, STEM principles. So it's really about these um, like professional skills we're gaining. We've learned a lot about interviewing skills and robotics and working together as a team in managing our time and scheduling. So there's a lot more we're learning than just the robotics aspect of the first program. Yeah, and you guys have shown that every time uh, we've had you in studio, it's been very obvious that you work together very well as a team, which I think is a fantastic thing to be learning, whether or not you end up going into a, a STEM uh, thing later in life. Uh, Taylor, you said you've been in it since age seven. That is impressive. Uh, what have you, how have you grown over those years being in this program? And you're a senior this year, aren't you? Yeah, I'm a senior. So I started off, um, there's four different levels of this program. So I started off in the first one where you're doing little Legos and you're not even in competitions yet. It's more of a show and tell. And I really learned how to, um, like carry myself and work together with gracious professionalism. Um, so building each other up and working with the community you're given and with your team to build up the first community and your team together. So it's really about building each other up and learning a lot. So I've learned a lot through the STEM and I hope to take these skills with me to college since I'm graduating this year. So I'm not going to be in the um, program anymore, but hopefully I'll still volunteer at different competitions. Well, I'm excited to learn about this year's robot. Uh, tell us about the robot that you've built this year, what you've been working on. Who would like to do that? I can answer that question. So a robot Please. this year, basically. So first, FTC gives out a different challenge for your robot to complete each year. So this year, basically, we have um, a bunch of little foam rings that our robot needs to collect and then launch them into either the low, medium, or high goal on the other side of the field. Um, and those different goals correspond to a different number of points each. And so, um, yeah, that's that's the um, the challenge this year. And then um, we have six matches in a competition, and each match is split into three different um, like parts, basically. So the first 30 seconds is autonomous. So that is all pre-programmed by the robot. The um, drivers cannot touch the controllers at all. So then during that part, um, our robot actually picks up a wobble, uh, that's what it's called, and then it delivers it to the proper location, and it um, knows which location to place it in because of um, it sensing the number of rings that is placed at the beginning of the match, and that's randomly selected as well. And then it comes the drive control period. That is where the um, driver and operator then control the robot on their controllers, and then they try to pick up as many rings as they can and launch them into... Um, the goal on the other side of the field. 
And then comes Endgame, which is the last 30 seconds. And during that part, um, we pick up the both wobbles. There are two wobbles on the field. And then we um, put them over the edge of the field, the field perimeter. And that gets us um, a lot of points. That sounds very cool. Uh, and I imagine there's a lot of programming and behind the scenes work that goes into this to make sure that the robot can actually do what you want it to do and what Peter and Sophia yes, you are the two that are that are the programmers for this uh, tell us about that programming what goes into actually programming the robot to do what you want it to do Peter you want to start yeah so uh, generally what we'll start with is an idea of what we need to improve uh, one of the things that we were really struggling with this year was that the operator had a lot of controls that needed memorizing. Um, so one of the ways we've really improved that is we automated our transfer, which are these two corkscrews that raise the rings uh, so that we can then shoot them. Uh, we've automated that so that as soon as a ring enters them, then they automatically turn and the rings go up. That way you're automatically ready to start for the next ring. Sophia, anything you'd like to add to that? Um, another way we um, make sure we get all our programming done is um, before we start programming, we kind of make we make a flow chart of what we want the robot to do, um, especially in autonomous. And we kind of get an idea of um, how we want the robot to collect the wobble and um, the rings. And then um, using that flow chart, we um, make like a basic code and um, we test, testing and testing is always a big thing. We test, we make sure it um, does what we want it. And um, then we eventually add it to our big code. And um, that goes into either autonomous or teleop. And um, we make sure that it works, it um, connects and nothing malfunctions. And there's a smooth flow between both codes. Any idea how many hours you spent um, programming for this year? Any thoughts? A no. Lot. <laughs> a lot. A lot. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a lot. <laughs> no track of that, how many hours, but it was just a lot of time. Are these a lot of late nights uh, working through code and, and <laughs> revising code? It sounds yeah. like making sure the yeah. test runs smoothly and making sure you have like the tiniest variable can change mm -hmm. what the entire code can do and just testing, a lot of testing. Do you set deadlines for yourself or do the competitions really establish more deadlines for you? Yeah, so when we're scheduling, we tend to work back from our competitions. So first normally publishes when the competitions are gonna be at least a month in advance. So then we see when that competition is gonna be and then we work our schedule back from that saying, okay, before competition, we need to have so long, normally about a week that we have um, dedicated for the driver and operator to be able to practice. Um, and then like two weeks before that, we have dedicated to programming, being able to program the robot and test the robot. And then the week before that, um, we give for fabrication to be able to build any improvements that we're trying to make to the robot. And that's normally how we schedule working back from our competitions to present and making sure everything gets its proper amount of time. Who's in charge of this schedule? Do you have a, a specific project manager, <laughs> Taylor? 
That would be me. This year, it's been kind of hectic with our scheduling because sometimes we've gone into quarantine, but we've made it work, um, sending parts home with team members and doing a lot of work at home and trying to do most of our outreach events virtually. So we've really tried to schedule around COVID, and we've really learned um, how to be flexible with our schedule because in the past, we've made very tight deadlines, but this year we learned we have to leave a lot of um, wiggle room for um, things that could arise like COVID. So it sounds like uh, great lessons learned, not only for um, STEM projects, but also for other areas of life as well, sounds like. Sure. Well, we have more to learn with the Robo Raiders. We're, uh, we're talking with the Robo Raiders, our favorite robotics team here, uh, about this year's robot and the competitions. We'll learn more about the competitions in just a moment when we come back. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We are talking with the Robo Raiders. Uh, every year we get a chance to talk with the, our favorite robotics team, the Robo Raiders. And this year learning about their, their robot that, that they've built. And now the next step, I think, is now that you've built it, tell us about competitions. Have you um, competed so far? And, and how has that gone for you? Let's go to the Blay Myers. Uh, yeah, so competitions, um, they've been a little bit different than usual. They're all virtual. Um, so we just input our scores and then they go to first and um, then they input those. Um, but they've been, they've gone pretty good. Uh, we've had two robots this season and our first robot, um, it did pretty well, but we realized that there were some improvements that we needed to make. So we made those and um, our high score is 167 right now, which is pretty good um comparatively yeah so this last competition was our um league qualifier so um before our league qualifier we had four different league meets which is basically just to submit um scores so that you would be um ranked at the league qualifier and then at the league qualifier you actually um ran six matches and then also had judging sessions to uh, for the judges to um analyze all the teams there and select the um winners for different awards and at the qualifier, we actually won the um, the highest award there, the Inspire Award. So that means we'll be moving on to the state championships held um, in a couple of weeks. Now, normally state championships are in person and it's a, a big event for you guys. What is it going to look like uh, this year? So this year, of course, we can't be holding an in-person event with hundreds of people um, because of COVID restrictions. Um, so the first um, state championship is also going to be online um so each one of our matches we're going to run on our own home field and scoring them and we're going to submit those scores and then we also have to submit videos of those scores for 
um, a certain number. You don't have to do it for all of them, but you do have to do it for some of them um, so that the referees can make sure that everything you're doing is compliant with the rules. And then for a judging session, we have a online meeting room that we go into and we do a um, five-minute presentation followed by 15 minutes of Q&A um, where the judges can ask us questions about our presentation and about our team. And then based on that and also um, further follow-ups that the judges will do with us over the rest of the week on um, uh, virtual meeting rooms as well, they will decide which teams get different awards. If I remember correctly, in years past in competitions, you interacted with other teams as well. Um, I, I can't remember the what the interaction was, uh, working with allies, was that right? Or, or, or working with the other teams. Uh, will there be that aspect to the competition this year as well, since it's virtual? Unfortunately, there will not be any of the like alliance selection or anything this year, because obviously we can't interact with other teams physically. So um, yeah, the... Uh, the challenges here was specifically designed for just individual teams to run um, on their own practice on their own field at home. Previously, we would have um, four robots in the field, you being one of them, and then you would select your alliance partner. But this year, obviously, that can't happen, unfortunately. So what happens next? Uh, tell us about uh, getting ready for the, the competition and, and where you go from there. Taylor? Our state championship is next Saturday, so we're preparing, we're getting our robot ready, and getting all of our judging um, materials together, and we are running through our presentation for the judges over and over until we get it in the time slot, um, under the time we're allotted, and making sure we're prepared as possible, and after states, we still have to figure out what's happening because we're not going to have a competition after, but hopefully we'll be preparing um, the next generation of Robo Raiders. We already have some recruits we're training for next season's team. So hopefully we'll continue doing that, building the team up for next year. So what happens to the robots after competition season is over? Start with Peter. Um, let's see. One of two things can happen. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, one of two things can happen with it. Uh, sometimes we'll break it down and use it for parts in the next season, uh, like getting the motors off of it. Um, we normally do that after about a year or so, uh, but normally what we do with them for that year is we can demo them around or else practice programming on them, uh, really testing out different ideas we have on them, uh, before breaking it down for part. Yeah. So this year we actually built two robots to complete the challenge. The first one was just kind of to test different concepts. And then, um, we kept that one, we have kept that one intact for, um, until now, just for like. Um, the programmers to test their code on it and stuff. But then um, we also built our second robot, which um, is the one we use for competitions. So no robo graveyard then. <laughs> <laughs> Just saving the parts, reusing the parts. That's very green. That's a good idea. What have you, uh, some of you, uh, you talked about recruiting new members for the coming year. And, and I know, Taylor, you shared with us a little bit about being a senior and what you've learned along the way. I'd love to hear from from each of you what you've learned this year or what you've learned throughout your whole time in the Robo Raiders and how you think that will be useful for you in the next chapter. Peter? One thing I've definitely learned is a lot about gracious professionalism, about uh, really it's not that important if you win the competition. It's really important how you're treating your teammates uh, while you're competing. Uh, also, not just your teammates, but also how you're treating uh, your competitors. 
so that you're really building each other up and trying to help everyone to, to do the best they can. This year, I learned that looking from a different view for prototyping and um, testing things is really, really helpful because then you get the different view and you can make up different ideas for things. Um, I've really learned really about working as a team. Before this, I hadn't really worked on a team before. And so being part of the Rover Raiders, being part of FIRST and FTC has really taught me how to work with others, um, how to schedule things, um, and how to um, interact with professionals in interviews or in um, just different things. Just I've learned so much. It's crazy just to think about everything um, and to put it into sections. But yeah, that's the most important thing I think I've learned. Um, I've learned a lot about uh, programming and um, fabrication and a lot of um, the design process and the um, prototyping and the prototyping steps in the process that um, you go through to get a working robot and to get um, a team and to be able to um, get to a point where you can compete at a competition. So I've learned a lot about gracious professionalism, like Peter was saying, but also just being the assistant project manager has taught me a lot about leadership skills and being ready to lead the team in years to come. I've also learned a lot about leadership and scheduling. Before I joined Roborators, I had never really done anything with scheduling to be able to have other people completing things by a certain time or even really for me to be completing things at a whole bunch of different times. Um, so I've learned a lot about how to properly schedule for other people and for myself so that work can get done? Um, I think one of the biggest things I've learned is really what I'm interested in going into the future. Through all of these different skills I've learned throughout my time in FIRST, I've learned um, lots of technical and professional skills, and those have helped me to really decide what my future will look like and shaped who I am and guided me towards what I want to do um, with my life. So many great things, so many life skills you guys are learning. And you get to build robots, which is amazing and super cool. Um, and these are these are wonderful robots that uh, they are really fun to watch, too. So with your competition coming up, how can we follow your progress? How can we see what you're doing and actually watch this robot in action? Um, so you can keep up with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at FTC7129. And you can see our matches and we'll be posting all of our match match videos on our YouTube channel, Robo Raiders FTC7129. Um, and we also have other videos with interviewing professionals to help other first teams and a new YouTube channel devoted to videos for elementary school students to learn different engineering concepts and programming concepts. That is great. Uh, how much is education, not just your education and what you're learning through this, but educating others, how much is that a part of uh, Robo Raiders for you? Peter? Yeah, that's actually a huge part. Uh, just last, uh, just yesterday, we started a new Java course with uh, some of our members uh, that we are thinking of recruiting for next year uh, so that they can really be prepared and know if that's something they're interested in, or else if they're more interested in something like outreach or planning those events. Really, training is one of the most important parts because if you don't know what you're doing, you're not going to be able to do it well. 
Well, congratulations on your success so far, Robo Raiders, and uh, God's blessings in the upcoming competition. I, I know that you guys have been working very hard on this, and in spite of all the challenges that this year has brought, it sounds like you're, you're doing quite well. So congratulations on your success so far, and God's blessings on the upcoming competition. Thanks for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today. Uh, thanks to the Robo Raiders for being uh, just wonderful guests and coming back every year to share your story with us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.